In this episode, you'll find out some big mistakes you're making in your business that is preventing your business from growing to multi-six figures. Welcome to Her Balanced Hustle, a show helping ambitious female entrepreneurs build the systems needed to scale their business past six figures while maintaining a healthy work-life balance. These conversations will unveil topics you may have struggled with, like best hiring practices, action items you need to take to elevate your business to the next level, how to handle your business finances, but most of all, creating a business that doesn't sacrifice your life. I'm your host, Kiri. Join me each week to learn how to scale your own business. Welcome back to the show. Today, we are going to be talking about four mistakes that are keeping you, the woman entrepreneur, from growing your business to a multi-six-figure or even seven-figure business. Our former episode had Cassie Socking on the show, and she is a consultant who helps women basically grow their business. And she had so much information that was so valuable. So if you haven't listened yet, I definitely recommend talking, talking, listening to it and telling me what you think of it online. What I want to focus on today is we went into an important section about mistakes that keep you from growing your business. Um, She gave us three, and I'm going to add in one more there that I think I took away from our discussion that could deeply benefit you and has actually benefited me in my own business as well. Number one, the first mistake that so many women make is not letting go and trusting themselves. They'll lie to themselves and think that no one else can do it like they can, right? Or you think, no one can do it like me. I know everything. So therefore, I can't let go and hire people. Almost every single woman I've coached as well in their freelance career, when they're growing it from a solopreneur to actually hiring a team, thinks very similarly. And I have definitely had those issues as well. But there comes a time when you realize if you want to have that balance and give yourself more time in the day and have some kind of personal life, whether that's for your family, whether that's to go out shopping and doing errands, if maybe that's just to go food shopping at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday because that's when no one's at the grocery store. If you want to have that, you need to be able to delegate a little bit more or anything, especially if you're a solopreneur. A lot of people, the first step they make when hiring is usually either someone in operations or an assistant, or someone with sales and marketing. Why? Because obviously with sales, you're bringing in sales. With marketing, you need to market your business. Maybe you don't have time for that anymore. An assistant helps with daily little tasks. And sometimes that assistant will grow to be in an operations role, or you'll hire someone else for operations. You just make sure all the plates are spinning. Everything is getting done while you can focus on your long-term vision. And Cassie did go into that a little bit. And guess what? One of the stories she told is that she had a director that she hired and it took her a long time to be able to hire a director for her daycare center. And now she realizes the woman does it way better than she ever could have and talks way better to parents than she ever could have. And that's one of the things you'll learn when you hire someone who's an expert in their field, because you cannot be an expert in everything. You just cannot, especially as a business owner, you are the visionary. So eventually you are going to have to take a step back because when you're doing all the things as a solopreneur, there's no time left for your vision. There's no time left for that long-term goal and that that brainstorming and that motivation that comes with that. So you need to find out what is the part that maybe you are not the best at or on the flip side that you know really, really well and you can teach someone really, really well, right? It's kind of two ends of the coin. 
For me, I prefer to hire out for something I'm not very good at. Marketing is something that while I can do marketing and I have done it in the past, I don't have as much time for it anymore. So that is what I hire out because I also know that there is someone out there who loves being on all the marketing trends because marketing changes so quickly, right? It's always rapidly evolving, especially with social media. And that person out there really loves looking at all those trends and making me jump on the bandwagon, whatever trends out there and helping me with that. So that is what I like to hire out for. But my first hire was really actually as an assistant to help me with the same thing with marketing when it was just a lot more basic. And then that assistant also helped me with some client work that I couldn't take on or I couldn't do when I was a freelancer and I would double check her work. From there, I hired on thinking, what do I really not want to do? Again, that was my philosophy. And I ended up hiring a podcast editor to edit the podcast so I could just show up and and record. That was my favorite part. I love talking to people. I love asking them questions about business. So I just want someone else to be doing all the editing. When I first started podcasting, I did do all the edits myself. I can go back and do it if I would like to. I prefer not to. And then after that, I hired, I created the podcast producer role where so that person now uploads it, they put it into the system and all of that. So basically what I'm trying to say is for me, hiring is always by what do I not love doing that I'm not great at and I don't want to continue doing. But then again, on the flip side, if you can let go of something you're really, really good at that is easy-ish to train someone on, meaning maybe you have SOPs and there's very clear documentation on how to do the role, that might be the best hire for you. I know you might think no one can do it like you, but if it's something that is very easy to replicate, but takes a lot of your time, that might be the next best thing. And a lot of that falls under operations, like the management of different teams, making sure deadlines are being met, making sure deadline A is being met. So then it can go to deadline B to another side of the, the t- team or organization. And that's usually where the operations person comes in. The second mistake she talked about, Cassie talked about, is when you let go, some people go too far and swing the pendulum in the other direction where they let go completely and they are not holding people accountable and they're not managing the team. And I have definitely fallen into this before. I find that when I have someone on my team who's really good at keeping the plate spinning, I let go. But then when that person had left, I was still letting go and things were starting to fall apart because the other people on their team were expecting someone to step up, namely me, and hold people accountable and have this whole you know workflow and system. And I just never did. And once I realized that happened, I got a lot better at it. But it was this period of like four or five months where things were just falling through the cracks. And I realized I was the one that needed to step up to the plate. And then I needed to hire someone else who could make sure everything was was flowing smoothly again. And when I thought about it like that, and I realized I needed to change my team structure, things got a lot easier and a lot better. But again, I did that same thing. I hired, I let go, and then I had someone who's really good who left. And then my team kind of was doing the bare minimum instead of excelling in their roles and making sure deadlines were met and people were staying on top of things. Third mistake, you actually start making money and making a lot of money and you don't know what to do with it. I know you might be thinking, oh, that'd be great. I would love to make that much money. But as Cassie was saying, there's a way to automate right? There's a way to make sure that that money that you have, that surplus is going to something that's worth it for your business. Sure, you can take another owner draw. Maybe you could take a bigger owner draw. 
But wouldn't it be smarter to use that to maybe hire someone else, to maybe use hire a platform assistant or a business coach? I, With my 2023 year, that was one of my best years financially, if not the best year financially. But what a lot of people don't realize is I took a lot of that surplus money and put it right back into my business. I hired two coaches. I had softwares that I bought to upgrade my business. I spent a lot of time on my course and how to make sure that. And I and I hired someone new as well. So uh, a new team member. So that surplus money I had ended up going into the business again and spending more money with it. And hopefully it pays off in the long run. And that's what, you know, a lot of my podcast guests and what I suggest as well is, yes, if you have this extra money, put it back into your business and hire someone. And it might be a little bit out of budget or more than you wanted to spend. But if you're hiring for two to five years down the road, you're doing the smart thing because eventually your finances will catch up to it. So again, if you don't know what to do with your money, look at how you can invest it back into your business. And maybe it's just something simple like hiring a business coach to help you figure out where that stuff should go, where the money should go and what you need to create a business that works better for your life, right? There's so many things we can automate nowadays. And one of the things Cassie talked about is really doing an audit with with jobs and roles, are people doing what they're supposed to be doing? Or are they instead doing something totally different and they've outgrown that role or for whatever reason, they're no longer doing what they signed up for? So using that money to invest in someone who can look at your business like that and really pull it apart and see what you're doing well or not well could be a great idea if you have some of that extra surplus and that will help your business go to the next level. Lastly, what I took away from this interview was you should come back to the data and look at it long-term, right? When you have data and you're looking at the data, you say, okay, how does this fit into my two or five-year goals? Because as a visionary and as a business leader, you always should have, where am I going in the next two to five years? And what does that mean for my business? And when you look at the data and you say, okay, how does this person fit in into my next two to five-year structure? How does this platform fit into the next two to five-year structure? What are the analytics doing for my ads or for my marketing? Is that working? And will that take me to the next level in the next two to five years? When you're looking at that data, you ha- you can make informed decisions. And that is so important, right? Because as a business owner, you don't want to be stagnant. You don't want to plateau or you could plateau, right? That's fine too. But then you're not often considered, in, in my opinion, an entrepreneur, right? You want to continue to grow. You want to take those chances and you want to take those risks. So look at the data. That said, there was one or two years where I, there was a season where I just did not want to grow. I was really happy where it was and I stayed stagnant. And it was the best thing for my business because it gave me a little bit of resting time. But I was still looking at the data and saying, okay, what do I need to do, do to, in order to keep this going at where it's going, right? Do I need to change anything with my marketing? How do I keep the clients I have, you know, in my freelance business? And Now it's a little bit different because everything's much more data-driven. But no matter what, you should be looking at that data so that you know what you can do to keep the business propel it forward. Or if even if you want to stay the same, how do you keep it the same with the current data that you have? So here we have the four mistakes that I took away from this interview with Cassie, four mistakes that keep women entrepreneurs from growing their business, scaling it to multi-six-figure businesses and even seven-figure businesses. It's not letting go and trusting and delegating. Two, not holding people accountable. You swing in the complete other direction. You don't manage them very well. 
Three, when you make money and you don't invest it back into the business or you don't know what to do with it. And four, not looking at the data that will help propel your business forward. So if you have any questions or comments, again, you can find me at the Kiri Mohan on Instagram or Kiri Mohan on LinkedIn. I love to hear from you and our audience and how this has helped you with your own business. Thank you.